So let's continue with polishing up the content of our experience. Dreaming a better dream. And hopefully we can do it in a tender and gentle way so that uh, we can wake up from that dream. said and it's really a waste of time <laughs> but I, I, I couldn't <laughs> it's too tough to say it's a waste of time to polish up doesn't really happen I need to uh, reintroduce the idea of I and other for this to make sense in myself. So yesterday we discussed the practice of offering the victory to others. It's obvious that practice does only make sense to an eye. I offer the victory to others. And it's a construct. There's neither an I nor another. And the other one was uh, to see oneself as the lowest of all. And the first six it goes along with that. When someone I have benefited, 
and in whom I have placed great trust. Hurts me very badly. I feel I will see that person as my supreme teacher. When someone I have benefited and in whom I have placed, placed great trust hurts me very badly, I will see that person as my supreme teacher. So a lot of the reframing of the Lojong we did yesterday is applicable here. And one could see this first as an expiration of the practice of forgiveness. Of course, hurt can only happen if there's an eye. If that I is recognized as illusionary, as empty, then hurt nothing can be heard. So the kind of most profound practice of forgiveness is the experience that nothing happened. There's nothing to forgive. the memory of someone has hurt you in an apparent past is a dream which is solidified by the narrative mind Nevertheless, if there is still a strong identification with the narrative self and the strong belief that there is a past, obviously to find some relief, some space, it's helpful to change the story. And neither of these two stories are true. So let's explore a bit, reflect on forgiveness. This is one of the practices one can do every day as part of your part of your schedule. 
and as all the other practices in the practice of forgiveness, the release happens in the body. It is, an, it is a function of the subtle body. So we have the capacity, starting with the cognitive level, the body has the capacity to let go. It's difficult to to explore that how 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 that how that happens, but we do it constantly. Like you know, someone said something hurtful last week. And at one point, somehow, you had let go of it. That this is not there anymore. And maybe you think something, yeah, it was not so bad. Can I understand why this person said this at that moment? Or something like that, and suddenly... So that's, that's this letting go. And, and we can let it go because it's not real. We keep it alive. We feed it. And if you don't let go, if you wouldn't have let go of this incident one week ago or one year ago, you would still put the cement of, you would wrap reality into it by repeating it. Oh, he said this, and I said that, and I shouldn't have said this, and I, he shouldn't have said that, and it's also horrible, and, yeah. and then we carry this contraction. But it's who, us who, who, who do it. It's not the other person. So primarily, primary, primarily, <coughs> firstly, <laughs> firstly, mainly, we do the practice of forgiveness for ourselves. The person who suffer, suffers through not forgiving is you. It has nothing to do with the other person, mainly. I can be also a gift to another person, of course. So what I said yesterday about the internal family system, you know, that people, that violence comes from hurt. So that can help. It can also help that by deeping, by looking deeply inside to see that you're doing the same things and to explore why are you doing this. 
where does it come from? And you will always find the little hurt girl. You will always find the pain within you. Violence is born from pain. And then it might be easier to let go, to forgive. Usually part of the forgive, uh, for, uh, usually part of the forgiveness process is to express your pain. That is definitely a good start. So there is a kind of in this confused, distorted way of looking at reality, which we need to assume for this practice to make sense. There is something like a premature pretense of forgiveness, which is an expression of our unwillingness to feel the pain. Yes, we know that the pain is relying on ignorance, on distortion of reality, but nevertheless it is there. So, feeling the pain of being hurt, expressing it, and feeling, feeling it as long as it is there. And in some cases, that might take years of you know, those of you who have been more deeply hurt by another person. Probably you have noticed it kind of goes into circles. So pain arises, and initially it almost overwhelming and you might not be able to feel it completely. Maybe you need some help of another person to make the space bigger where this pain is felt or where this pain can be felt. And then if, you, if it's felt, you might even have a sense, okay, so that's done. I have let go of this. And then a few months later you discover, wow, there is another level which I have not felt, another level which needs to come up. It's not possible to force yourself to open your heart again to another person. It needs its time. It's like a plant. It's growing by itself. You can water it. You can fertilize it. But it's not in your control. Because there's nobody in control. It's not a decision you can make. Okay, I, 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 I forgive this person. 
that would that could only work if there's someone in control if there's like the boss at the family table and everyone is obeying <laughs> so for how's it put here I will see that person as my supreme teacher. So that's not something you can... So first, I will see this person as my supreme teacher is the result. It is not the practice. It is not it is the description of the result and not the not the prescription, not the medicine. And uh, all the stuff we have explored yesterday, that's part of the of the path. How to get there. So it, it's not like a practice of Okay, I should now think of this person as my supreme teacher. Supreme teacher, supreme teacher, supreme teacher. <laughs> so you do the practices and then you see this person as your supreme teacher. It's not something you need to think. It's, it's the way you look at that person. And the path to get there is uh, very individual. It's very different for different people. That's why it's so good to you know, listen to many teachers. And you know, I mean, if you want to deepen the exploration of forgiveness, then you know, do some research. Which people have explored this topic is teaching this? What kind of methods do they use? There's amazing projects like the Stanford Forgiveness Project from Stanford University. They have made years of research and they work with not, not like things like someone says something critical to me but with murder and war and yeah. So that's the, the scale of uh, forgiveness they, they are researching and working with. And if you are a bit scientific, materialistic reminded, then uh, it's good to go into that kind of stuff. Because you, you see the, the measurable results of certain practices. And it's also so inspiring to read about cases, what people, what human beings are able to genuinely forgive, you know, Auschwitz survivors. And, and, yeah. It's so inspiring. So that can be part of, it can nurture that intention. And it's a difficult work because uh, it, 
includes, as I said, the feeling of the pain. You're not kind of wiping it away. Yeah, so it's all empty, or yeah, I don't think about it. It's yeah, so. So that's why it also takes time. Often the hurt is so so deep that it actually can't be felt completely in kind of one moment. One needs to like gently peel it off layer by layer. But you have to do it. If you don't do it, then you will take it with you. Yes. I I noticed that uh, that I I think since like many years that I know this. So I I in some places I have done it. So mm. I and I can know well I this person suffer like like also with it yesterday. But but I also notice that I sort of still. I don't want to do so, or I try to sort of yeah I know this so yeah and I was hurt and yeah I know it so so I I still go back to resisting uh, mm. feeling and mm. really un- I guess understanding what happens in me mm. and uh, so it makes very much sense that I, that I can see also now that uh, yeah. So I can sit, so I can I really trick myself not to not do it. Yeah. Again and again, and then I also notice that ah, I really need this loving space to be able to whatever that loving space is that I can I can hold it or it it's somewhere or with some people it yeah it is suddenly possible. Yeah. So it's uh, to see my myself tricking me, or like, mm. yeah, no. So, mm. so it's uh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to um, start a dialogue with that aspect of you, which is resisting this. Mm. Yeah. What's what are the motives of that person of that aspect? Yeah. And. That aspect has good intentions. It actually wants to protect you. Yeah. That aspect thinks something like, I mean, I don't know in your case, but it could be something like, you need to be careful. You, if you, if you let go of this, someone else will come and hurt you in the same time. So there's some, some, so that 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 practice that that aspect which doesn't want to let go doesn't want to let go because it's afraid and it doesn't trust that there's other ways yeah. of being in this situation safer ways of being in that situation so what kind of arguments or what kind of thoughts what kind of fears are behind that resistance yeah. So that's that's yeah. good to explore. I think also one thing is uh, that 
it can be general, but also told me that uh, it's a resistance more to feel the pain than to That's a big thing. Yeah. And that mm. there can be many reasons, but also that uh, I, I some, sometimes there's not, because it takes something to feel the pain. Like you said, it takes both time. Yeah. And so sometimes it's not, uh, mm. almost not possible yeah. or in that yeah. so so I can't do it until there's space and room right. and love. Right, that's an important so that's, point. Uh, that's an important point, uh, yes. So both, because it's so easy to get into this, mm. I should and that and that, mm. and uh, to then mm. notice, aha, but I, it's mm. the circumstances right. are now here. So, wow, yeah, and, what? and suddenly you can feel it. Or, yeah, what? Uh, uh, how can I create circumstances yes. where yeah, uh, yes. uh, in error, but, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's because why we're here, right. Ah, this I can do, this I can do, yes. and some that's things right. I can't control, but I can Yeah, yeah, exactly, the, uh, you can, for, yeah, that's putting the fertilizer or yes. Yes. the water, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's, mm -hmm. uh, um, so that that would be also the first thing in, uh, in trauma therapy is to, to create a, uh, to create a connection, to create a container where feelings can be felt without being overwhelming, mm -hmm. without re-traumatizing. Mm -hmm. yeah. So s sometimes that part which uh, is, uh, is resisting is actually healthy. It's a healthy yeah. instinct yeah. Uh, of something in you noticing, hey, you are not ready this will be too much. First, you need to stabilize the container within which this feeling yeah. can be felt. So, I, mean, I, I never would. I, ne I never would encourage kind of breaking the resistance or something. No. Yeah, but uh, to to do it like in the gentle way you describe it. And sharing with others who have similar experiences. That's a big part of the Stanford University forgiveness process, coming together in groups with people who, are, who like parents who have lost their children through, through murder. That, that, that was one group. And, uh, and so that's, uh, that's so important together as a group. Nations, yeah, there's uh, projects uh, of uh, uh, nation uh, like uh, nations which work with forgiveness where genocide has happened so th that's like you know together together as a group the 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 resistance that's part of the so that's part of the need of the narrative self to stabilize itself so it's part of the resistance is that the narrative self the the sense of i needs to have drama, needs to have pain in order to 
keep on running. It's part of his need to so solidify itself. And we can notice that, how, how there is a part of us who, is, who doesn't want to have peace. Because who am I if I don't have enemies anymore? Who am I if I love everyone? Oh, that's scary. It's also in not forgiving, there might be a bit of a self-righteousness. Oh, I'm such a good person, I would never do this. And this horrible person, this did this to me. Yeah, so there is there can be this kind of within through the pain to blow yourself up. Yeah, not to blow yourself, yeah, to to solidify yourself, to feel better. Sometimes it feels it feels better to be the victim and see the predators outside. It's painful, but at least we are good. The, uh, this process of forgiveness is, of course, uh, must rest on on the willingness to forgive, the intention to forgive, understanding the benefits of forgiveness. And then having the intention, the aspiration, may I forgive this person? I don't know how, but may I forgive this person? And then if you have some devotional aspect in our practice so we can ask for help. Please, Tara, help me to forgive this person. I, I just don't know how to do it. So, so, so this is kind of the practice of letting go of the control. opening up and if that prayer is genuine I think at that right at the moment of that prayer you will feel some relief because just the, the intention the longing to forgive is so beautiful so so heartwarming oh may I genuinely please help me all Buddhas all angels Help me to forgive. I don't know how I can do this. I need help. And then you also need to talk with the interference, with the parts of you who interfere with that, saying, this is so stupid. How can you, 
This is so stupid to forgive. It's dangerous to forgive. We're living in a dangerous world. Don't open up. Don't open your heart. You will be hurt again. What forgiveness does not mean is to to say something, yeah, it was okay what you did. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you did. That's That's not forgiveness. So that's why in the first part of the forgiveness process, it's so important to clearly say what has happened and how you felt and how you feel. I oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and that was kind of, I didn't know that your reaction to the year. My mm. fever was just uh, doing something. Mm. Uh, and then I lost, uh, I, I was, I've been all this summer willing to meet all these parts of, of being uh, squashed and being like, uh, and to for- forgive uh, the persons who have been behaving quite crappy. Uh, um, but I lost contact with myself totally with this fever, and I didn't even find a way to myself. I didn't find a way to anything all this summer, uh, and it's um, it's only now that I'm here, that I'm finding the connection again, and it's very wonderful, and I'm, I'm so happy if I can finally feel uh, um, all, all the pain. Mm. Um, because somehow when you even lose contact with that, with yourself, that is kind of like too far. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just yeah. Thank you. It's really, I'm really thankful for mm. this weekend because it's finally I feel like coming home again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's beautiful uh, when you say, "Finally, I can feel my pain again." Yeah. yeah it's it a, is wonderful. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful. I can feel my pain. It makes it makes really sense, but it's not you know what 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 you would uh, kind of advertise or yeah uh, no. like uh, because you know I, everyone would ask the question how how can, how how is how can I learn not to feel my pain yeah but but when you say that it's like yeah, yeah. it's so true I wow I'm. I'm such a fortunate person. I can really feel my pain. The thing is that the whole, all, many people tried, even through this time, give me, like, just find, find, 
depressed and find reason not to do nice things. But I don't want to do nice things. What does that help? I'm not the nice person who I am now. So I needed someone to kind of pull the, pull the carpet and, and assess everything yeah. that's happened here. So many times that you just land in the, in the where you really are, because I'm not in a nice place. So what's the point in sitting in a nice place and look at beautiful things? So often mm. they don't touch me anyway. Mm. Yeah. Um, so somehow the, that it's uh, a mirror and that the thing that is in there is so important, whatever, however it looks like. Sometimes it's really ugly. Yeah. And awful. And then, then you need to get that mirror in. Yes. But I had another question. I'm, I'm talking about, please tell me, shut up. If no. You it's <laughs> it's um, very beautiful said, what um, you say. Violence is born from pain. Mm. Um, do you mean like that uh, pain inside is somehow attracting violence? Is, is that no, violence? when uh, a violent action, like when you, when people act violently, uh, yeah. or when people hurt others, uh, I, I mean, this is like, I'm not sure if this is like a true statement, like 100%, but uh, I think if one would explore where this impulse of hurting someone comes from, I think quite often you come to a hurt place, an unhappy place. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about uh, children who are... I can, I can often see myself in adults that if you are in a very hurt place, then you actually get more hurt or yeah. in the same place. That's another perspective children, on this. Children who get very yeah, so the, uh, um, that, that's what you say, you attract violence. That would be a bit of a karmic perspective on it. Yeah? So that, uh, that we, uh, we attract violence, well, like the angry boss um, example of yesterday. So we attract uh, through our karma, where our karma manifests in similar situation. And this is actually when you... And here in the Lojong teachings, we learn to see this as opportunities to heal, to purify. But what most is... So there's violence and we respond with a pattern, which is the cause for that violence being in our world. So the angry boss, and you get more angry, then there's two angry boss. So, so that's, uh, so, and with the practice of Lojong, you, you try to respond to the situation differently. And with that, you change the pattern, which is the original cause for that violence in your life. And yeah, and that's called purification or healing. And yeah, from a from a karmic point of view, and I'm not really happy with uh, with that kind of uh, answer. But if I if I would with children, uh, it is that in the calm in the teachings on karma, the violence which happens to children. You, you would use the same kind of thinking. But 
It has nothing to do with punishment or something like that. There, there is no, in this is no punishment. Like, or to ask, or how, how does a ch child deserve uh, to be raped? That's Christian thinking. Because there is no agency uh, who is like punishing you for something you did in your past life. And then also, I mean, the, 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 the concept of rebirth in, in Buddhism is quite complex because on one, on one hand, they talk about the continuity. So that child which is born is emerging from a, from a stream of consciousness, from an infinite stream of consciousness. But the, the, the child, it's not that, that that it's not that there was an I uh, which kind of jumps from one life to the next. So it's not like how do I say this? So maybe like this. So if I experience a series of that my bike is stolen. Yeah. So like just not only once, but like four times in one year, my bike is stolen. So from the karmic point of view, this is a display of stealing in, 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 in my own system. And the way to stop other people to steal my bikes is to practice generosity to give away bikes, to repair bikes, uh, to, to take care that some children in another country have bikes. So that would be the way to purify this karma. And then at one point, there will be no bike, uh, bikes, bike stealing happening anymore. But if I then would say something like, I must have been a bike thief in my last life, that doesn't make sense because it was not me, not I, who was the thief. Because, because I was not there. That what I think I am didn't do that. I think I didn't communicate this, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a good idea, but it needs some some uh, work on my side uh, to try to express what I want to say. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that was with the children. And uh, of course, I never would say something like this. Um, Kind of in 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 a, in a different in a different uh, environment, like because because people misunderstand it. People hear there is some kind of punishment, some something personal. Uh, so and that's not 
So, it, I mean, it. I think it would take months to to talk about this and to explore this, um, because you need to study emptiness for that, and and karma, and the nature of consciousness, and you know what habits are, and and so on and so on, and then to just say, yeah, the, a child which is being raped is experiencing. Uh, uh, karma from his uh, from uh, his last life that's not even I mean this is not Buddhism to say something like this it's not Buddhism this is like a more Hinduistic idea that that there is an I which kind of jumps from life to life like a, like yeah, like a so that so that's that's the, and, and and that's what you know the the Buddha refuted and deconstructed that there is no I which can jump from life to life. Nevertheless, and then it becomes complex. There is some continuity. In the same way, there's a continuity from yesterday evening and you being here, but there was no I traveling from moment to moment, from minute to minute, from hour to hour. So the person who is here today is a completely different person than the one who was here yesterday. I mean, everything has changed. It seems like that. I came here this morning. But then, yeah, who is that I who came this morning? And then you investigate and you will never find that I which came here this morning. Nevertheless, there is a continuity. And to bring these two together is quite, uh, I mean, it's, it's something I have not figured out, but uh, it, it's, it's still a mystery for me. But I, uh, there is some, 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 some continuity. But how that, how that functions, that's difficult to explain. Is there something, something to read or listen to that you could recommend to understand more about because karma? I mean, I it's a difficult. I mean, it's in. Yeah, sometimes I think I mm. get some, but it's yeah. But it's you there. are not going to understand it. No, but still, it's yeah. there, and sometimes it yeah, gives it's me some. Sometimes yeah. when some teacher says something, it's like ah. Yeah, so, yeah. But then. Mm, but, uh, yeah. So because it, it's also provoking in some context. So it's, yeah. Uh, so it it, it's, it makes sense to deeply reflect on so on on karma. Uh, deepen, mm. It's it makes sense, but it's also good already to know that you're not going to have yeah. <laughs> like ah this is how it is. Yeah, and yeah. if you ever come to that place in yeah, the Buddhist teachings, <laughs> this is how it is. Then yeah, you are yeah. wrong. No, I'm not <laughs> the, 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 Buddha, the Buddha would definitely come and yeah, say, yeah. no, no, it's not like this. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's like maps, but mm -hmm. the the territory is undescribable. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I I mean one I think one Western teacher who really looks into deeply into karma is Alex Burson. Is his name? Burson. Can someone pronounce? Yeah. Set. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, I 
think his website is Study Buddhism now. It, it used to be Birth, Birdsam Archives, but they, they changed it. it. And probably, if you get into that material, you will feel that's a bit too much. <laughs> because he's really, I mean, he is so... Uh, I mean, he goes into... I mean, he, can, he talks about karma for one year. Uh, uh, yeah, and, uh, and and then in the end you still have not understood it. Yeah, but but uh, but there is a bit of so a bit of like uh, like a bit of um, no a bit of orientation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but even on the level of uh, the Lam Rim teachings, because uh, the teachings on karma are part of the first scope of the Lam Rim, the first level of the Lam Rim. So then they talk about the, the laws of karma and you know, so, and uh, so even that is already, I think, uh, is helpful to know as a kind of orientation, not, not holding it too tightly, ah, this is how it is. I think many, many, many people I meet they settle on onto a very superficial understanding of karma. They, they kind of memorize these sentences and then they say, yeah, it's so now. And th these are the people who would say, yeah, wow, your bike was stolen. That's great. And it's your karma. And then I punch the nose of that person and I, and I say, oh, that was your karma. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you said something very stupid. This is like idiot, idiot karma, idiot level of karma. And even in, I mean, even there in the teachings, in the Lam Rem teaching, it said only a fully awakened person can understand karma. It's, it's like we don't have the hardware, like, like a, no, an ant, I mean, an ant doesn't have the hardware to understand quantum physics. <laughs> and we don't have the hardware to understand karma. Our brain is too limited. Also, there is like no, Alex Burson um, uh, uh, looks at karma on, like he looks, for example, what what part of the teachings on karma are helpful, for example, for people who don't accept the continuity of consciousness. Yeah. So that's a level of karma. For example, habits. So why do we have the habit to smoke a cigarette? Because we have done it before. So that's, that's karma. So there's an action, and that action has a cause, and the cause for that action is habit. Yeah. So that's one level of, of the teachings on karma, which, which are, no, that's understandable for everyone. Yes. <clears throat> Could it be helpful to think about it in a, in a way of the, the shared human experience? For example, with the bike thief, that the, 
you suddenly realize that, oh, there is thieving in the world. And then mm -hmm. what do I do about that? Mm -hmm. And do not take it personally. Yeah. personally. Like, yeah. oh, this happened to me in my life, but mm -hmm. this is something mm -hmm. that has happened. And yeah. how do I counter that? I like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that would be uh, your... So that's also like, when I look at war, then um, it's not that I take responsibility for it, but I, I understand, that's at least the map I'm using, I understand I'm, an, I'm in the, on a planet where there's war because there's violence in me. I'm part of it. I'm not responsible for the war in wherever it is, but uh, but it's 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 also an expression of my inner life, and one way to uh, uh, to work with the war on this planet is that's just one way. It also needs to express in the outside, but one one important way, and probably for me somehow in this life I choose uh, to focus on on the inner work. Uh, one way to contribute to the peace in the world is to address the wounds inside of me, the, the, the root causes for war. Yeah. So that's, I think that's a good, I, I like it because it takes out this, this personal, uh, kind of this personal, oh, now I'm punished by having stolen bike in my last lives. Yeah. In, in, uh, Another, another uh, invitation for me always is when something like this happens, like my bike was stolen a few times. So it's always good to, uh, to become, yeah, to take this as, a, like as an information, as signals, like recurring things. Yeah? Like, for example, since years you struggle with having having a lack of resources. I mean, you're just struggling. You work hard and you change job, but it's just, you're not, just not getting out of the red numbers. Yeah. Uh, so what's, from a karmic point of view, what's the, what's the cause for that? Is stinginess, greed. That's why there's a lack of resources. So, then, for me, a good question then is, okay, uh, where, where in my life can I be more generous? Where in my life the stinginess which expresses in this lack of resources, where is that still present? Yeah? And it, it might be not uh, like a huge thing, but that's also one of the teachings on karma is, uh, you know, one of the four laws of karma, or how they call it, is that karma multiplies. So it becomes stronger. So even a, a small incident of stealing in, in a previous life can manifest in something much more severe in this life. So, like, if I experience violence, then... If I check in, in, in this life, I might, I might appreciate, 
I, I actually never did that to another person in this life. But where are kind of similar, similar tendencies in me? And, uh, and how can I work with them? Of course, if you have a lack of resources, then counter-instinctual, it's really counter-instinctual, counter-intuitive to practice generosity. So that would be an example of this spiral. So you have lack of resources, so you become more afraid, you become more holding. And that's, that's, that's the original cause for having no resources. So that, that's where this... So there will be less and less, less and less of resources, or at least there will be more and more of the experience of the lack of resources. And in the in the karmic teachings, we learn that that actually kind of creates the world we live in. So the the land becomes more and more barren because you put on the glasses of lack of resources, lack of resources. You can sometimes notice that in people who go this spiral of not trusting others. Oh, everyone wants to have my money and they're all after me and, you know, they buy, build fences around their flat and, uh, you know, don't, they don't let anything, anyone in. So, and they live in an area like in Göteborg, you know, where there's a lot of resources, but it it goes like this, you know, and more and more the glasses and more and more me, me, for me, yeah? And then the, the world around them changes. What I just said makes only sense in a, in a profound way when we realize that there is no independent, objective, materialistic world out there. If we if you have a sense that there is a that that there is a real world out there which has resources or had not has no resources, then it's very difficult to have some some trust into uh, into the power of perspective into the power of perspective. 